Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. In John chapter 20, this is kind of rounding out uh, John's, John's eyewitness account of Jesus and the, everything that he saw. And it says in verse 24, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. See, Jesus had just risen from the dead, and he, he appeared to the other disciples. Thomas wasn't there. And so the other disciples, they told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. I'm from Missouri, the show me state, where we're like, I ain't believing it till I see it. I think he was a, a fellow uh, Missouri native. But put my fingers into them and, uh, and place my hand into the wound on his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. This time, Thomas was with them. He was in the room and the doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Now, I, I, I got to pause here. I love the Bible. You didn't know Jesus was a ninja, all right? We talk about baby Jesus. You don't hear much about ninja Jesus, all right? I don't know how he does this. I love it. I just love to have fun with the Bible. But here's ninja Jesus just sneaking up on him, all right? And he says, peace be with you. I love that. I love that. And he said to Thomas, he goes right to Thomas. He says, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. Don't be faith, faithless any longer, but believe, Thomas, believe. We're starting a new series called DTR, which for a lot of us, if we've heard those three, and we kind of know, it's like define the relationship moment. I'm going to call it define the reality, which is, is kind of simil similar. You've, you might have had a define the relationship moment or define the reality uh, moment, it's kind of these uh, moments that really are, are pivotal, that kind of shape the direction and future of, of where things are headed. Rita and I, when we were dating, we had a DTR moment. It was the summer of 2004, and I, I remember it because uh, she was helping her sister while her sister's husband was in Afghanistan doing a tour in Afghanistan for a year while he was back. And it was the summer, and now Rita had helped her sister with all the little kids, and she's getting ready to go to school, which school was not UNMLA. It was going to be elsewhere and different things. So it's kind of coming to this moment because we had been dating for a while. We really liked one another, but we also had different paths that we wanted to do. We had a DTR moment sitting outside of our house, on, or my house, on, on uh, at that time on Arizona Street, 3155 Arizona Street. We're sitting out there in the evening just having a conversation. It's, and, and really out of love and respect for one another, uh, it was like either, hey, we got to talk about marriage and what that is and, and is that a direction we want to pursue? Or, hey, I'm not going to stifle you and hold you back um, if you're going to work at the lab or if you're going to go off to college somewhere. Like, we need to set each other free. Like, what is it? And we really had one of these conversations. We were talking just yesterday about that conversation, about how pivotal that was, that one conversation. Because, as you know, uh, we're married, 
And in fact, after that conversation, within a week, I had a ring, I had talked to her dad, and I think within a week and a half, we, we were engaged to be married, and we got married within three months after that. I liked it, so I put a ring on it, all right? Um, DTR moments, DTR moments, define the, the relationship moments, and we had to, to really deal with uh, reality. I wonder sometimes what it would be like if you had a DTR moment with Jesus, like if you were to just... You and Jesus go and sit down and have a coffee. And he would look at you and, and let's talk about reality and what's going on. Chances are you have a good idea on what areas he would talk about. Chances are you have a good idea of some things that he might say. And you're like, ugh, he might poke at some things. Jesus was very controversial. He wasn't afraid of reality. He was full of grace and truth and he loved, but he, he, would, he would have these DTR moments. Thomas, Thomas, he went straight to Thomas and he had a DTR moment. Here's the reality, Thomas, look, see the wounds, touch them. I'm not afraid of them. Now you got a choice to make, Thomas. DTR moments. In the series, I want to talk about um, just some realities that you and I might be facing and dealing with. Specifically here at Freedom, I, I want to kind of highlight one today. And it's, um, if you're new to Freedom, it's kind of like you get a, an outside view. If you've been coming for a while or, or whatever, you might already sense this and know this. But as a pastor, it's, sometimes it's just helpful to like, let's just get it out there and, and in the open and let's talk about it. And it's It's relationships. It's relationships. If, if you come to freedom and you like it, one of the common things that I hear, and you might have said this, or you might feel this, is I don't feel connected. I love it at freedom, but I don't feel uh, connected. And, and, I, and I get that, and I, and I sense that. And for part of me, I want to be like, well, we had COVID. Like, we just had a year where we couldn't be together. But as a leader, I don't get to say that, right? I don't get to just have excuses. As a leader, you see obstacles. And for you, you see obstacles and you're like, oh, okay, I don't get to just say, well, we had COVID for a year or, you know, it's still going on. I'm not minimizing. But at the same time, like here we are in person and you say, well, that's why we don't have connection. No. If you're going to DTR, have the, the reality, it's like, no, this is, this is an area of weakness within our church. Part of it could be, and you might, have, you might have had this, maybe it's I don't feel connected, but you're like, why is that? Part of it could just be part of a system in the sense of like, I don't know what my next step is. Like our, our mission statement at Freedom Church is helping people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. And part of that is going to be on you where Jesus tells you exactly what a next step is. But part of that is the church just kind of saying, hey, outside of this room, what, what's next? Like, what, what can I do? How do I get plugged in? Where can I go? And a lot of times it could just be, I don't know what my next step is. And as pastor, I, I know what it is, but it's not always clear. So there's some ownership on, uh, for me, too, to just say, we got to help people know what our next steps is. Well, let me just kind of be a little bit clear with, with some next steps for, for building relationships. One is connect groups. Like, I, we're having summer connect groups. We've got about 10 of them. That is, like, if you need a program to help build relationships, that's, that's the place. 
And, and so that's a, a great place to do that. Also, serving is another great place to just get in and get connected. And so that, that would be the next step. So if you're like, well, what do I do? Well, if you texted Go Cowboys in, like you have a link where you can at least check that out. All right. And in fact, I want to say, uh, put in a plug for our serving team. I have, because uh, we come in early at eight o'clock and set things up, I'm at 4,228 steps. All right. So if you want to get some, some exercise in, all right, on, on a Sunday morning and put in some miles, last week I hit 8,000 by the end of the day, uh, or by the end of uh, like at noon, 1230. So if you want some build relationships and some health uh, mixed in there, you can do that as well. I want to say another key thing here about Freedom Church and the way we do things, because a lot of people are like, okay, Sunday school or, or Bible studies, connect groups, life groups, whatever you call them, small groups, that sort of stuff. But here's a big, a big thing for me when we started Freedom Church. Uh, a lot of us, if we were to have a, a DTR moment on your busyness, or on your schedule, a lot of us, would, I, I'm busy. Um, I, I got a lot going on. I don't want to fight that, okay? I really, truly believe that you are called to go be the church. So when we set up Freedom Church, we're not going to do a whole lot of programs, a whole lot of things where it's like, hey, come to the church, come to the church, come to the church. We will do that occasionally. But I honor your table, I think a lot of great community happens at the table. I think for families to be able to have the, the luxury to sit at a table and share a meal together or invite another family over and share a meal together is a beautiful thing. That discipleship can happen around the table. And so I want to honor your table. I want to honor your schedule. And I want to say, go do that. Like pour into that. So that's not a program. But I want you to know that that's my heart in this church as to why we're not going to do a whole lot of things. In fact, I want you to coach the t-ball team. Like, that's where you're going to go, go be the church out there. So if you got things to do, go be the church at work. Go be the church wherever you are, and let's do that. I think that's a beautiful picture of what the church is. So that's, when it comes to building community, we have a program, connect groups. But we also have this thing that's not a program that's just like, just go live life. Go love one person in, in 2021, which is why Memorial Day weekend, a weekend when a lot of us are going to be out and going and doing different things, might be a great time to start that up again. To just say, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in town, I'm, I'm going to invite somebody. If you need help finding someone or inviting someone, that's why you text in so I can kind of help you along the lines. Maybe you already know someone. I just want relationships to be built. Some of that's going to happen in a program. Some of that's just going to be organic. But I, I want to make that clear as to, well, what's my next step and how do I build relationships? Those are, those are the big two in your home or wherever you're at and then connect groups inside here, okay? Now, here's what I know. Regardless of you or inside this church or outside this church, people are busy, but people are lonely, People have relationships, we have lots of friends, but yet there's this overwhelming sense of, I don't have any close relationships, be it in the church or outside the church. And a lot of us have really felt this feeling of loneliness, and it can come on at waves, especially during the pandemic. It has hit in waves, you might be fine, but then one week it just, you're lonely, People are, are lonely. 
relationships are not the easiest thing. And when we talk, that's another reason why it's hard to, to create that community and build connection is because relationships, there's a lot of reasons as to why we don't pursue them. Like relationships, we're different. We're different. All right, best breakfast burrito in town. If you're online, put it in the chat. If you're in the house, shout it out. What's the, where's the best place? Best breakfast burrito in town. I want to hear it. Chili Works, Morning Glory, Morning Glory. where else? Co-op, Co-op. Junior, Junior BBs, all right, Hot Rocks, okay, you're all wrong, you, you got I mean, everyone was different, you're all wrong, it's, uh, the, uh, it's at Viola's, it's uh, the, the, the smothered bacon green um, breakfast burrito at, at Viola's, anybody, has anybody had that at Viola's, come on now, come on, praise Jesus, amen, um, <laughs> We're different. How many vacations? Vacations. Who's my, who's my uh, uh, beach people? Beach? Beach? All right. Mountains and camping. See, all right, I don't understand you people. You, you save up money. You save, campers save up money. They save up vacation time, and then they go live like they're homeless for a week. I, I don't get it. All right, I want the beach. My, my idea of roughing it is going from a five-star to a four-star, Okay. In my house, we consider camping is if you sleep with the windows open at, at night, okay? That's camping. That's how I like to do it. We're different. We're different. In the church, in the church, your church past is different. Some of you, it was, it was loud, bands, music. Some of it, it was you, you grew up and it was quiet. The, the, we call it the frozen chosen in the, in the Baptist church, like no moving, don't, don't say anything. Some of you, it was, there was like an organ, or you had pews, or you had chairs. Some of you, you went to church where they have the robes, and they, you know, they just wear different things, which, by the way, I love it. I've always, they look like, the, like a Jedi, right? I just would love for them one day to pull out a lightsaber. I think it looks awesome. Um, I'm not, it, nothing's wrong with any of this, okay? Nothing's wrong. It's just different, okay? That's what I'm trying to point out, that it's It's different. Some of you have no church background. I didn't grow up in, in the church. This is your first church experience here. And these, these disciples, the original connect group, the original small group that Jesus built, my gosh, these guys were different. You had, you had fishermen who were dirty. They had their hands dirty. Their mouths were dirty. You had a, a tax collector in there a hated tax collector in there. You had a zealot in there. And Jesus was always rebuking these guys, like getting on them. He would be like, all right, guys, team huddle, team huddle. All right, we got got to sort this out again, right? These guys were way different. Relationships. One of the reasons we have a tough time is because we're different. All right, all right, you know, and even, again, I'm not trying to stir up a hot topic, but like masks, you know, a change was made and now we got to make decisions and we're all different again. And I've already seen it blowing up on social media and it makes relationships difficult. Relationships are messy. Like they're just flat out messy. These disciples had to get along. And if you're a follower of Christ, you're like, man, Mike, do I, does that mean... I'm going to have to be a friend with a Trump supporter? 
Yeah. You mean I got I to gotta be a friend to a, a liberal, Democrat, socialist, whatever? Yeah. Jesus actually said you got to love your enemies. Love them, not tolerate. This is a different ballgame. And when you put those together, it's a mess. It gets messy real fast. You, if you read in Acts, and Acts is like the birth of the, the, the first church. You're like four, chapter four. Four chapters in, and it starts to blow up. Chapter five, it's starting to blow up in chapter five and six. It was a mess from the beginning, all right? It's not to say that it's okay, but it's just to realize we're different and it's hard. It's messy. Relationships, they take time. Like, okay, you want me to be in a connect group? Well, then I got to get sitters or I got to, you know, clear out schedule. It takes time. And probably one of the bigger ones, relationships hurt. We've been wounded. We've been hurt. Some of you, when it comes to church relationships, you've been wounded by the church. And I'm sorry if that's you. Have you ever wondered why Thomas wasn't in the room? Jesus showed up, and, and Thomas wasn't there. Now, we usually focus in on Thomas and his doubts, and, and you know, he gets a bad rap doubting Thomas. I think he's, I actually love Thomas, because I think he's real. DTR. I'm not believing it, guys. Why was he not in the room? We're not given the answer to that, so I'm speculating a little bit, okay? Because it just doesn't say. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he wasn't there because it hurt so much. He, he just saw his leader, Jesus, the one who said, come follow me. He gave up everything to follow him. He was banking on him, and he witnessed him die. Maybe he was hurt and grieving in those, in those days, on that Sunday, just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's hurt. Judas. Judas, I always kind of think, maybe he might have been the most trusted guy in the whole, all of all the disciples. I, I'm speculating again, but wh you, who else would you put in charge of your money? Would, would you put uh, the least trusted person in charge of the money? No, Judas was the treasurer. Probably going to put the, the one who I trust the most with it, right? Betray Jesus. Those other disciples. Now, Thomas, he ran too, but so did everybody else. Thomas was in the room that night, that night, when Peter stood up in front of everyone and said, I'll never leave you, Jesus. I'm with you, man. I'm ready to die with you. And then Thomas sees every single one of them run. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he was disappointed. Maybe he was grieving. I made a mistake as a pastor early on. I used to think if, if people didn't come to church, if people didn't show up, it meant that they didn't care. The more I've learned to pastor and the more I learned to hear your stories, 
you didn't come, it, if you didn't go to church for a lot of you, for a lot of you, it wasn't because you didn't care. In fact, it was just the opposite. It was because you cared so much and you got wounded really bad and it really hurt and you needed some time to get away. Thomas might have been, been hurting. And so when, to me, when, when I look at relationships, they're messy. There's a lot of drama. They're time-consuming. They hurt. You're different than me. And I don't know, I know I'm not going to always get along on all these things. You start adding all these things up, and it's kind of like, well, I don't think I really need the church. I really don't need these relationships. I just kind of can kind of navigate this on my own. Like that would be easier. I want to give you a little bit of a DTR. You have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. We did a whole series where we talked about does God exist? And we talked about if God is loving, then why this? And we talked... We talked about the fact that if God is, is loving, why would we reject it? But so many times we put that on God when also we have an enemy that the Bible says a thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy evil. You have an enemy that wants to take you out. And, and Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Now think about this. Jesus describes your enemy, Satan, who wants to bring evil into your life, that wants to just really rip you to shreds and destroy things. He's a thief. Now does a thief, typically as we think of a thief, work out in the open and in the daylight? When you know they're coming? Hey, I'm going to come rob your house at 10 o'clock tonight. Just wanted you to know so, you're, so you know what's happening. No. They're going to work behind the scenes. They don't want to get caught. Can I tell you something? Evil looks good. Evil doesn't look evil. Our, our, our police uh, uh, station uh, released the, the annual report I saw this week. I just read the headline or something, and so I'm just going to assume Los Alamos had low c crime rates or something like that. It's historically, that's the way it goes. And, and so I, it's, it's nothing really about that other than to say, hey, Los Al hey, great job. I love our police officers. We have some come here. But it's a low c crime rate typically here in Los Alamos. And so it's easy for us in Los Alamos to, to look at other areas that have high crime rate or something and to say, well, that's evil and we're safe. Can I tell you something, church? Evil exists just as much in Los Alamos as it does in every other place. Evil doesn't have to look like uh, this. I mean, drugs are here too. We're rich and we're buying them if you want to get to the real DTR type moments. That's not the point of this sermon. Evil can look at the houses that we build and the mansions that we build and we put all of our investment into that. Evil can, can be into our career, into our, 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 our titles 
that we try to earn and achieve and our degrees and our idolatry that we've put into that. Evil can look good. The church, this is very important. The church, big C, which manifests itself in a lot of little churches, tiny C. This is a tiny C church, all right? And they're all going to look different. I think they all look beautiful. The church is not my idea. The church was Jesus' idea. And he told this group of different, messy, hard-headed, stubborn guys saying, you're going to start this thing and nothing's going to stop it. The church is Jesus's plan A and there is no plan B. So I have my own, I've been burned by the church. I don't like the church moments and I can get triggered very easily like many of us can. But I got to come back to the fact that Jesus, as far as I've checked, hasn't checked out on the church. Like he's still, it's still his plan A. He's still saying, this is the vehicle. This is the chosen instrument. No other organization has this attached to it that he's going to put his power in, 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 into that. So when we talk about building relationships, and I want to put up every excuse, it's hard, it's messy, it's like, I get it. And what happens is, what happens is, we start, we start messing around with some of these things, and we don't know that we're getting trapped. I don't I don't, have a, I don't have enough time for, for connect groups or building relationships. Like I can come to church on Sunday, but I don't, I don't have time for, for that, Mike. Or in Los Alamos, have you heard this? I'm an introvert. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't do, I don't do relationships, Mike. Plus, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because, like, you're going to get in a group. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling in my marriage to anybody. I don't want to admit that th- stuff. I don't want to admit that I cut corners at work. I don't want to admit that my anger gets way out of control sometimes. Like, those are hard things to admit. Plus, Mike, I've tried connect groups before, and it didn't work. I've done relationships at church before, and I got burned. And before you know it, Satan has you exactly where he wants you. Trapped. The walls are up, and nobody's making it in. I'm not letting anybody in. It's safer in here. And if you spend time with loneliness long enough, whoo, scenarios start playing out in your head. You did this to yourself. The way you you did this to yourself, and I'm all alone. Nobody actually wants to be with you. And then you start playing with that, and it, 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 it starts coming out at 
hey, thanks for the help. I, I don't need it. I'm good. I got this. I'm fine. And you end up in your world with just me, myself, and I. DTR. Define the reality. What is pride? Other than me, myself, and I. Church, can I tell you? This is, this is not God's design for your life. But we can so easily be trapped here. And then we, we will turn to God and be like, is this the abundant life that you've, you've called me to have? Like, this is it? Like, I don't understand. And we start questioning God, and we get mad at him. I want to define the reality for us this moment, this morning. To say you, weren't, you were not meant to live in a cage. And Satan says, oh, man, it looks so good. It looks so safe in there. So what do we do? What do we do? We need to understand the idea... You might have said this. You might have heard other people say it. The phrase, all I need is Jesus, is a lie. I don't need the church. I just need Jesus. It's me and Jesus. And some of you might get tense for a second. Just time out. Okay. All you need is Jesus for salvation. That is true. <laughs> Nothing else is going to save you except for Jesus. He's the one. But that's not true for how to live life. If you think you're going to achieve your purpose and your mission and your will and, and for your life that God has set for you, and it's going to, it's going to be you and Jesus, you've, you've missed it all. Because he's saying he loves everyone, so his, your mission is always, your purpose in life is always going to involve other people. All I need is Jesus. It's, it looks great on a, on a coffee mug. It'll get people, hey, amen, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it couldn't be further from the model that Jesus lived. What did Jesus do? He, he came here. And then what did he tell people to do? He said, hey, follow me. Be with me. Hang out with me. Learn from me. Let's have life and experience things together. Relationship. He had an inner circle that he really invested in, in people. And when, those same, when that same inner circle betrayed him, denied him, doubted him. He still came back to him. Can you imagine that? Jesus modeled for us that this life, we've got to continually be putting ourselves, no matter what we've experienced, no matter the pain or the struggle, or how much time we don't have, or anything. He said, no, 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 this is it. Putting everything in on these, on these guys, and I'm helping them, and they're going to launch this thing out into the future. When Jesus returned to those guys, not all of them were in the room. Thomas missed it. There's something to be said about showing up in presence. And Thomas missed it. He missed Jesus in that moment. But credit to Thomas, 
he got back in the room. Eight days later, Thomas got back in the room. And that's the difference. Those guys saw Jesus. They had excitement. They had purpose. They had mission. They had meaning. And they're like, Thomas, you got to know about this. Thomas had eight more days of fear and worry and doubts and concerns. But he got back in the room, and eventually Jesus showed up. And I want to say to you today, I don't know where you're at, but I promise you, I guarantee you, if you keep showing up, it may be eight minutes later, it may be eight hours later, eight days later, eight months later, eight years later, but I promise you Jesus will show up and prove himself if you keep putting yourself back in the room. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know when or how God's mysterious. He can do things in his own timing, but I want to promise you that he will show up. And so today, that's really my point. <laughs> that's really my point. Show up. We are called to be in relationship t- together to build community and build friendship. If we want to get on that train and we want to see God move, we got to show up. And it's more, show up is more than just physically sit here because I can sit here and zone out and go do. No, it is here and I'm intentional and I'm building relationships. And let me just say something about here. This place here, why are we here as a large group? It's not to build huge, great friendships in this room. It's just not going to work. You might spark a friendship. You might be able to connect briefly, but those at the table moments are going to happen outside of here where you can really connect. And really, I'm only looking for one. Like, if you can just find one, how amazing would that be? How huge and transformational would that be? But we got to show up. we got to put ourselves back into the environment and get ourselves in there. Jesus' presence is in the room. Wherever his presence is, there you have his power. And I don't, this is how God set up the church, okay? I, don't get mad at me, but he, he says if, He's going to, God is God. He could do a miracle with or without us. He can like show his awesome power with or without us. But primarily, you want to know how he shows off his power? It's through his people. God's presence shows up through you. So apparently, you have something I need. I'm searching for something. God, I need you. And it's like, yeah, they got a gift. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna bring that to you. I have something you need. That's, that's kind of how he's worked this thing out. i got to put myself in the room. This will change the trajectory of your future. This will change the directory of your mission and purpose in life. Thomas got back in the room. These disciples got back in the room. Jesus' presence was there. His power was there. And they changed the world. Thomas, we don't, we don't know for sure but there's a lot of historians and scholars would say Thomas was, was one of the missionaries that reached the most people and went out the farthest. Thomas gets a lot of credit for the area of India. And so what we know is that these guys, it wasn't just the disciples because there was all these unnamed disciples. They scattered out and they lived this thing out and they all changed the world. Thomas had his DTR moment. One thing I know about Jesus, Jesus never wastes a wound. Thomas, Thomas, 
Look at my hands. See. Touch. See the wound on my side. Jesus never wastes a wound. Thomas, in that moment, surrendered, said, My Lord and my God. Those wounds that you're holding on to, if you give it over to Jesus, he won't waste it. Can I give you a, a, a pro tip here on building, on building community and showing up? Look for the pain points in people's lives. For many of you, if you think about your story, where God changed something in your life, where God showed up in your life, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, in those, in those most painful moments, God was working and he sent someone or he said something or you read someone, read something, and God showed up. As a church, if you have your eyes on pain points, you realize that sucks, that's not good, I don't like that they're going through that, but God might be moving in that. And I'm a friend, and I might just show up in that time. And you don't even have to say anything. It might just be your presence and showing up and hugging someone while they're grieving. It might be praying for somebody. When I get a prompting to pray for somebody, and I just text them the prayer, I've been so amazed. I'm shocked, but not shocked anymore when people say, you don't know how perfect timing that was. I want that for our church. I want that for you. You've heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. It's true. We've seen it. We maybe have been, done that and hurt our fair share of people. But can I tell you, healed people heal people. If we get out of the cage, show up, are real about our junk, are open and honest with others and, and take our next steps, Healed people heal people. Many of you, you have worked through your wounds and you have seen God in it and you have seen God use you through it. And it's a beautiful thing. That's what God does. He turns graves into gardens. And we have a whole world that is desperate, desperately seeking for hope. And he wants to bring that through you. You'll help other people who are caged. Our differences are designed to be a movement to transcend boundaries physical boundaries, social boundaries, spiritual boundaries, and be on a mission together to help people take their relationship with Jesus, dot, 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 together. How do we do this? <clears throat> Jesus says you love. <laughs> he told those guys, hey, I'm giving you one command. Let's not make it hard. Love others as I have loved you. You love them through the mess. You love them through the pain. You love them one conversation at a time. And I honestly believe that's how you change the world. One conversation at a time. Let's stand, let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.